0: Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Once again, my name is Dallas Montague, joining you today with two incredible guests. It's not common to have two guests, but but today we do. Tim and Mark. Both of you are here today joining us in the studio. How are you? I'm great, great. We're really glad to have the opportunity to come share with you today. Yeah, I feel the same way. You guys have a podcast called The Unveiling, and actually it's three guys sharing the one true gospel. So we are missing one of you today. Who are we missing?
2: We're missing Aj. He's, uh, he's our partner in all of this. And he, well, given the time constraints, we thought three people might be an overload for what you're doing. And uh, he has commitments with his son to go off college hunting.
1: Well, I'm glad we have two of the three, at least, <laughs> represented here today. So we always like to ask our guests to share about their Christian testimony. Mark, can you go first, please? Just tell our audience who you are a little bit, why you're a believer today, and how it changed your life moving forward. Sure, love to. Thanks, Dallas. Uh, well, you know, I really feel there's something
3: in the Old Testament that said God Plucked me out of the fire. I sometimes feel like that his hand just came down and pulled me out because I grew up in a family that didn't go to church. Nobody was a believer. I had become a musician when I was in high school and. That was my love. That was my passion. And really becoming a rock and roll star was my God. That's all I thought about. It was, uh, I saw I thought the answer to all my problems. Well, in the midst of all that, coming home two in the morning, three in the morning from late night rehearsals and playing in clubs and stuff, I had this old Bible my grandma had given me. I must have been five years old and now I'm probably 19 or 20. I would come home two or three in the morning And before I went to bed, I literally felt a tug from that Bible. I don't even know how I still had it, but it was on a shelf. And I'd pick it up off the shelf, lay down in bed, and start reading it from page one. And I'd do really well until I got to Leviticus and all the rules and regulations, measurements of the tabernacle, Levitical laws, all that. And then I would just lose interest put it back on the shelf. A month would go by and almost a physical tug. That happened two or three times. I call them my false starts, although I don't think they were really false. They just led me to, uh, I was watching a ministry program in Chicago, five in the morning, just a pastor sitting behind his desk, and he said, read the New Testament. So that night I went to Matthew started reading, and it was like someone was reading, ringing a loud bell. The moment I started reading about Jesus, like literally, I always think about the two disciples that were on the road to Emmaus with Jesus, and they didn't realize it was him. And then afterward, they said to each other, when he was opening up the scripture to us, were not our hearts burning within us? I literally had that burning sensation in my chest as I read this, the scriptures and Jesus talking, and that was really the start of it. And then it took me a couple of years. I'm a real analytical type. Of reading apologetics and getting all my questions answered before I, I asked the Lord Jesus Christ uh, to receive me and I received him.
1: Yeah, so scripture, wow. was <laughs> scripture was big. Scripture was big. I love it when people incorporate scripture in their testimony. And he did just that. So thank you, Tim. How about you? be a big letdown. I don't have one of these great conversion experiences. I was raised in a Christian household. That's even better. To, Come on. You didn't have to live I, in a
2: world. Yeah. <laughs> I I was raised in a Christian household. They, you know, I went to church every week and I probably formalized my acceptance of Jesus around 10 and then when I was old enough to to say I really understand what this is now, I got baptized probably mid mid early, te- you know, mid teens 15 16 somewhere around there and i've just always lived with the knowledge of jesus christ being uh, god and and my savior and understanding my understanding back then was a little bit different than now but we'll this we'll get into that in a little bit i'm sure mm-hmm. but uh i i was always drawn to the fact that we have a god and a creator and it always gave me comfort that we did and i just have always lived with this and it eventually I became leader of the youth group when I left home. uh, I continued going to church. I eventually married and my wife and I became missionaries to Russia in and out for 10 years, living there for three years at one point. Um, Just this has been
1: a part of my life since I can remember. Incredible as well. And so, Tim, you said a little bit about your wife, Mark. Mark. Tell me a little bit about your family as well, and how has being a Christian helped you sure. become a better husband or a father, if, you, if you're a father as well?
3: Sure. Well, um, after I came to know the Lord, uh, I, I let go of that being a rock and roll star, and I was called into ministry at Willow Creek, which is a giant church, and I used to be the musical director of their singles ministry. And that's where I met my wife. So that ministry worked really well for me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And um, so uh, we got married and have two kids, um, a boy who is now 21. He's on a basketball scholarship at Carolina University, which is a Christian college in Winston-Salem. And my daughter is uh, fairly newly married, got married about two, two and a half years ago and had our granddaughter three months ago. So... That's a life change. I, I learned so much <laughs> yeah. of God when I had about God and how He feels about us when I had my children. So profound, and now I'm experiencing it all. I'm experiencing it all ag- again with my granddaughter. So it's pretty mm-hmm. cool.
1: I asked that because I'm a new father too, five awesome. months old. My my boy Congrats. will be six Congratulations. months next Congratulations. Month, So um, yeah, that's awesome. Next week he'll be six months. So I'm. I, I feel the exact same way you do. I'm experiencing that. Like wow, God really loves me. Like it's. Oh man, it's expanding yeah. my 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 vision of the Lord. And Tim, how about you? Or how about how did being a Christian help you become a better father and husband?
2: Um well, because God always calls himself our father and mm. I would look at a lot of things, you know, you'd find scriptures that say, you know, if if you being a worldly father can give good gifts, how much better your heavenly father or you know, uh the examples of things like the prodigal son and just I tried to take as much of that as I could. I have four kids. I have a boy who's oldest and three girls, uh, two of them natural born and two uh, that we adopted from Russia. And we've been through a few tests here and there with, uh, behavior and issues, but we don't, you know, we got through that because we had God as an integral part of our family unit. He is always, since Karen and I were married, we have always had God as a part of our home, our relationship and our life.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you guys for sharing that. We didn't plan on speaking about that, but I, I'm always curious about new about fathers and husbands as I'm a new father. So thank you. Thank you for sharing That's that. Awesome.
0: You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors.
1: Your life is the sum of your potential and the outcomes of your actions. You cannot harness your true potential unless you break out of self-imposed limitations. Tough as it may be, your life is a venue to discover yourself and reach your full potential. Hopeenjoyacademy.com helps achieve this by guiding you through the challenging path of self-development while fulfilling your spiritual enlightenment. Find more information by searching hopeenjoyacademy.com. That is hope a n d joyacademy.com. Laverre.com Laverre.com is an online Christian magazine that points its readers to evangelical Christian values, Christian apologetics, kingdom identity, biblical prophecy, God's love, and the supernatural freedom that comes from accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Laverre also offers fee-based outreach services as well as free training resources for Christian faith-based organizations. Find more information by visiting levere.com. That is L-E-V-A-I-R-E dot com. And going into the podcast a little bit more, the unveiling. So how did the three of you hosts meet?
2: Uh, Mark, you want me to grab that one? Yeah, um, you
1: grab that one. We were, bo-
2: We were all members of the same church, not necessarily all at the same time. Um, but we got to know each other through the church and the pastor retired and the church uh, actually closed, but we had a men's group from that church that continued on uh, without the church behind him so we still have a bunch of men that get together and we're all questing for better deeper understanding of grace and how that affects our lives and gets us gives us the freedom and the ability to get off the hamster wheel uh, of effort and works and in law um that that men's group helped us grow in relationship. And I have a lot of respect for both Ajay and Mark's uh, deep understanding. I try to surround myself with people who are smarter on things than I am. So I grabbed these two guys who I feel are smarter than I am in this to come together and actually do a podcast. And to my surprise, they agreed.
1: And I will back up everything he said. (laughs) That's incredible. It's it's amazing when the church, I mean, it's sad that the church fell away, but when you guys continued, that says something sure about the depth. Well, of the-, the, the interesting thing
3: is, and I don't know about Ajay and Tim, but I didn't, even though we went to the same church, which was, oh, what do you think, Tim, 100 people maybe? Yeah, maybe. Something like that. I didn't really know Tim and Ajay then, but I knew one of the other guys in the men's group who invited me, like literally oh, I don't know, eight years or so after the church closed. And so we all became friends, even though we didn't know each other at the church we went to eight years later. So it's kind of funny how God weaves those threads through everything. you
2: know. Oh, Mark, I knew you at the church.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, you, I used to see you duck out of the way when I came in, to.
1: <laughs> so you guys all record together or do you all record separately like, kind of like this today?
2: Uh, it's much like this. I'm in uh, Florida near Tampa. I'm currently in the crosshairs of the uh, hurricane. oncoming hurricane. Yeah. Mark, uh, moved to North, North Carolina? Carolina, South, South Carolina a couple months and, ago. And IJ is still up in the land of the frozen tundra outside of Chicago, uh, where this all originally we all originally met and had the church. So
1: we do the same thing you're doing. We just use a different application. You're using Zoom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What application do you use? Just for my curiosity. Uh, we use Zencaster. Zencaster. I used to use this. It, it, it's really nice for podcasting. It records all the files separate. It's really nice. right? It makes editing a little makes bit editing. easier. It makes it way better. <laughs> okay. And let's see here. What are some of the things that you guys discuss on your podcast? Because I see here unveiling the gospel of everything that's not the gospel. So, so with that in mind, what do you guys discuss typically podcast episode to episode
3: mark i mean i'll take that one tim yeah <clears throat> well i would if i had to keep it in the shortest most concise it would be what the apostle paul said in in first corinthians chapter two he said he said i vowed to know nothing but christ and him crucified we are very focused on Christ on his gospel um I, I you know gospel literally means good news, but it, to me that's like just good is like not strong enough a, a word. It's the greatest news that ever came across the planet. However, since the very beginning of that gospel, that gospel has been in need of defense. in fact, the apostle Paul said that he spent he spent all his time confirming and defending the gospel. And the people he defended from most were other Christians, but they were Christians who believed that you were saved and you lived by faith in Christ and by keeping the law. And if you know Scripture and you read through all Paul's letters, you see just how much time and energy and passion went into him keeping that gospel pure, not letting people add religion to it and rules and regulations, and as he called them, the elemental and miserable spiritual forces of the world. So we're really Christ-focused and purifying his gospel you know, I when you think about purifying something, like putting it in a, in a crucible and heating it up and getting all the impurities out, you end up with less, but it's more pure and powerful. So that's what we're trying to do, burn everything off that has come through misinformation and all the things that build our worldviews from the time we're born until now, just to come up with that pure Christ and him crucified when we're done
2: are very focused on the new covenant and trying i think one of the biggest things we combat in the christian message now is the mixed gospel of grace and works mm-hmm. uh, we cannot we've been given everything in christ that we're ever going to get when we decided to accept him because he died on the cross once for all and him alone you know, is, is our salvation and our sanctification. So the fact that people are working and struggling so hard, they're trying to get more or earn more, uh, that, that we called, we kind of called it the hamster wheel, you know, these seven series, you know, seven message series on how to be a better person or a better husband or a closer, you know, how to, have mm-hmm. a better prayer life. This was all about behavior modification and works. Yeah, TED Talks, we, really, really, right. at the end of the
1: day. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
2: And what we're really focusing on is we have all of this stuff in Jesus. And, uh, you know, Jesus isn't against effort, but he isn't, he is against earning. You can't earn anything more from him. So if anyone tells you, you have to do this to get God to do that, I, that's a, that's to us wrong.
1: -hmm. And in ministry, it's a temptation. I'm sure you felt this in Russia as well. Like I need to do more as a missionary. I I left my life. I left my family. I left my home. I'm in a country I don't speak the language. I need to do more. And God's like, no, just you know, you know it. What it's like. Path to burnout. That's a temptation. Yeah.
3: Yep you know, I I love in Romans 8 where Paul says, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? If he gave us the most absolute costly, priceless, valuable thing he had, his own son, while we were dead in transgression, while we were without God, without hope of the world, and enemies of the cross. Now that we're his children, how will he not give us the lesser things that he knows we need, like food and money and health? Those are all things way less precious than what he gave us on the cross. So, there's nothing else we need to work for. He's given us everything already and made us his children, and not just children. Paul said, "If children, then heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ."
2: And just listening to Mark talk, and uh, it is this is, it sounds a lot like our podcast in some respects. It, you will make statements, and it's like, the next thing you know, we're doing four or five verses to try and show how why we think this mm-hmm. way, how we think this way. It's it's important to us that it's not our voice necessarily saying everything but it's coming from the scripture and from the gospel.
1: Yeah, that's mm-hmm. huge. It's like valuable. you said, that's that's where the power comes from. That's the most important Amen. thing, you know? Yeah. Uh I was listening to a message the other day that was saying, I'm tired of going up and preaching for thousands of churches that I've preached at and just saying I want to give a good message. You know, I want to give the Holy Spirit. I want it to be in power of the Spirit and that really it reminded me too, like, man, yes, that's the goal of preaching. That's the goal of the gospel. It's not by man's wisdom or man's power, it's by the power of God. And and that convicted me a little bit, you know, like, yeah, I need to remember that and and think about this when I'm speaking or preaching or whatever we're doing. Well, you're you're am oh, sorry, you're really, you're really
3: paraphrasing what the apostle Paul said in first Corinthians two. When he vowed to know nothing but Christ and him crucified, he said mm-hmm. that when he came, he came, he didn't come with eloquence or human wisdom mm-hmm. or strong and persuasive words. In fact, the attitude he came with was fear and trembling. But he said, my message and my preaching were with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Now, what was his message? He already told us at the beginning. It's Christ and him crucif- mm-hmm. crucified. That's the gospel, which is the power of God for salvation. Amen. So that was a uh,
1: really right to the point that you said, Dallas. Can you guys uh, about- tell us a little bit more about your episodes that you post? You did mention a few of the titles that you have posted before, but take us a little bit deeper into that. Well, we've... Uh... I know I just
2: kind of lambasted series, but we have several series uh, of podcasts that are on the same topic. We have uh, one was just about freedom. What we're free from under the new covenant versus under the law, freedom from guilt, freedom from shame, from all the unnecessary, you know, unnecessary effort to gain or earn anything. Uh, There's uh, gee, Mark. Now that I'm being asked, I can't bring them up in my head.
3: (laughs) Well, one of my favorite series, we had a series on the Holy Spirit, because all three of us kind of realized of the three persons of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit seemed to be the most mysterious, um, at least to us personally. So that was one I loved. I think my favorite one to this point, we literally did seven or eight weeks. I, on my desktop, on my laptop, for literally the last five years, has have a document called Debunking Christian Myths. And Tim actually added to that things I used to know. So, with the, we, we spent about six, seven, eight weeks dealing with things that Christians just take for granted, but that are not scriptural. In fact, scripture teaches 180 degrees the opposite. For me, that was really good because through focusing on what is not the gospel, for me personally, just really unveiled what is the gospel.
1: And I think that's a perfect title, what you guys have, the unveiling, revealing, unveiling everything that's not the gospel. Because in our society today, we're fed so much information. And if you don't know how to decipher between truth and untrue, it's it's hard. It's a tough place. We're in a
2: period of time right now where we have the greatest access to resources about the Bible, about Christianity, and my biggest fear with that is we are using that as our guide rather than the actual scripture as our guide. And we, while it's great to get input on how maybe to see something from a different way and get a fresh uh, in- interpretation, we want to try and remember, and that's why we use it so often, the scriptures, the basis, not the books, not the stuff under, you know, the, on the bottom of the page under the little line.
0: Sure.
3: Dallas, the the, the place we got the title, The Unveiling, is from Second Corinthians chapter 3, which for <laughs> me was one of the most transformational chapters. I was in that chapter for almost a year in my devotional times. It's just Paul's brilliant and beautiful comparison of the old covenant and the new covenant. And within that comparison, he talks about the old covenant earning our righteousness by the law as a veil that goes between us and God. Mm -hmm. And he talks about how in every way the New Covenant is a superior ministry. In fact, it's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Then at the end, in 2 Corinthians 3.18, he gives the most beautiful and articulate, I think, conclusion of the gospel in our lives living as Christians. He says, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which is from the Lord, who is the Spirit. It's got everything in it. It says we need to unveil ourselves of all those legalistic, works-oriented teachings, which, by the way, are sometimes very noticeable and sometimes very subtle, But as we bring that veil down, it gives us a better view of Christ. And it's in our knowledge of Christ that we are transformed into his image, not by our own trying hard, but by the spirit of
1: God. Incredible. Amen. I want to go back and listen to your podcast more. (laughs) This is good. This is really good. And I know that there's so many Christian podcasts out there but can you just tell our audience what is something that sets your podcast apart besides having three hosts <laughs> because that's yeah. not just three hosts but these three hosts no I'm kidding, yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> first name basis um, I, hosts <laughs> I
2: think the biggest difference from a lot of of Christian podcasts is there's yeah. no mixed message here it's Jesus plus nothing
1: mm-hmm.
2: um no mixed gospel. Our focus is and continues to be on Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I mean, a lot of Christians, I mean, I almost every Christian I know, and I'm hoping it's inclusive of everybody, but all believe that salvation is by God alone through faith alone. But then the next step comes and the pastors and the, you know, the elders and the lay leaders and the people, just other people in the season. Well, now that you're saved, you must and fill in the blank with you you can't do this you can't do that you must do this you do must do that they want the behavior because There are people out there that are going to judge every Christian externally by their actions and activities. And they're going to say, well, you know, here's the Ten Commandments. You just broke one of them. And it's like, well, that's not what it's about anymore. We're teaching Jesus and we're teaching that we are not condemned by the law anymore. Does that mean we're going to go out and be wild and crazy and stupid and sin a lot? No, absolutely not. That's in fact the opposite. The more we the more we focus on Christ, the more of the world that falls off of us. Not by my trying, but because of the Holy Spirit living in us helps take that away. Mark.
3: Yeah, I completely agree with you. Our, our partner Ajay always says that most Christians believe that grace, and I want to define grace because for years I read that, and my daughter's name is Grace. For years I read that word in the Bible. It's got such a beautiful spiritual sound, but it didn't have like where the rubber meets the road. Uh, um, what is the word? I like didn't have month. that kind of meeting for me yeah, yeah. until I heard this definition. It's the unearned, undeserved, unmerited grace of God, okay? And our partner, Ajay, always says, most Christians believe that that unearned favor is for salvation, but it's not for living. It's not for sanctification, as many use that word, which Christ went through so much to, to nail the law to the cross, Scripture says in Hebrews, Mm -hmm. Why in the world will we try to grab that inferior covenant and rip it back down and erect it and make it part of, of his perfection, of his perfect finished work on the cross? It makes no sense, but that's the way it's been handed down through the centuries. It's what Paul combated. It's why there was a great reformation. And I was just reading one of the last things Martin Luther, really this great reformer who started it all, he said, whenever you preach the one true gospel, there will be conflict, but every generation needs to take up that fight. And that's really fight the good fight, as Paul said.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right about people just stop after the they give their life to Jesus and they stop, you know? Right. And, and, I haven't planned this but our ministry has kind of here in Brazil has kind of led into that reaching those people who are Christians they go to church every week like routine they're all about the religion but our ministry I think it's called to break that to break the chain hey there's more god has awesome. stuff for you to do and no. I I think you're exactly right about that We just had this conversation but you're
3: illustrating a point I think the best thing the church can do to reach unbelievers, the lost world, is first of all, the children of God have to come into the freedom of the one true gospel. because And Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3, because we have such a hope, we are very bold. We don't need another 10-part series on evangelism with our pastors teaching us strategies, guilting us, perhaps cheerleading us on to go out and reach the lost. We need to be excited about Jesus. And there is nothing more exciting about that. You know, I don't know if you've ever read Matthew Henry's Bible commentary. It's one of the most famous Bible commentaries. And Matthew Henry, and this is back in the late 1700s. He mm-hmm. Yeah, said, you can find this on the, the Blue Letter Bible. I've read some yeah, of it. His sure. So. It's one of the biggest. Matthew Henry said, He said, the old covenant prophet cries out to show people their sin. The new covenant prophet cries out to show people their savior. That's what we're called to do. We're not called to rail at the world to tell them what they're doing wrong. We're we're called to tell them even in the midst of their doing wrong, God loves you so much, he sent his son for you. Mm -hmm. That's the message. That message is going to draw them. There's nothing more beautiful and a greater display of God's love and grace than the cross. But that's not what it's been made over the centuries, Mm -hmm. has it? You know, that's why so many unbelievers say, oh, Christians are all hypocrites. That's because when you preach the law, you're preaching yourself. You're saying, hey, come and do what we do. Follow all these rules and you'll be better, you know. But we always fail and we always stumble. If we're preaching Christ and him alone and that the fact we can't be righteous by anything we do, when we stumble, all we're doing is proving that to be true and we're not hypocrites. So but well the, the the point i want to make and that tim already alluded to is so many believe that when you come into the knowledge of the unmerited favor of god that rests on you in christ that that is a license to sin and to that i say mm-hmm. what the bible says just opposite it says that we are no longer under Under law, but under grace. And so sin shall no longer be your master. The only way that you're ever going to have sin and defeat it in your life is to get under grace. That leads to the life of the spirit in you. So it's very, it's counterintuitive. I see that, but people get it opposite. Our pastor's wife used to say that when you tell people you're living under the grace of God, they think that when you leave, you're going to knock a liquor store off on the way home, that that's what that leads to, you know, where it's just the opposite. Paul said the law itself arouses sin in us, but grace delivers us from under, out from under the dominion of sin. So counterintuitive, but that's the gospel. It's a paradox, you know, like many things in the Bible are. Tim, anything to add on that? He he was pretty complete in, a, in most of that. I'll be honest. Um, Sometimes I'm things, a little too complete, so I apologize for that.
2: But. The, the only thing I would add to it is the wonder, wonderful thing about the message of the new covenant is it's attraction. You're not yelling and beating people. Oh, you know, you are you sinner, you need Jesus. You're going to or you're going to hell. Uh, It's it's, God loves you. He wants to have a close personal relationship with you. And look at all the gifts that come with this. No more guilt, no more shame. Uh, It's attractive now. You're not, you're, you're just bringing people to the realization of what the Savior and God really are. When we say God is love, it's very easy to say, but it's very hard to understand the absolute depth to which that is demonstrated and brought out.
1: And I think the cross is the best picture of that. It is. It is. I've said it on the podcast before, and I've preached it hundreds of times, and I'm going to keep preaching it because it's my favorite message that in Luke chapter 15, Jesus loves the lost people. We have the parable of the lost coin, the prodigal son, the the lost sheep, and Jesus is going after them. And if I'm following Jesus, I'm following him to the lost people. And, And that's my biggest message here, I believe, is that if you're following Jesus, you're going to the lost people. You're going to reach these people. God loves you. This is the love of God. What Amen. did you do to deserve him to pick you up that lost sheep? Nothing. Unmerited, undeserved, merited. Your, your perfect definition. Un, is, uh, unearned, unmerited. <laughs> yeah, I don't undeserved. Of, uh, undeserved, fair. unmerited. Undeserved times 10, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. What it's I amazing. love is the heavenly birth
3: announcement when Christ was born to the shepherds was glory to God in the highest of heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite little catchphrases is the Christian life is resting in the favor that rests on you because of Christ. The favor of God is yours. There's mm-hmm. nothing you can do to get rid of it because there was nothing you could do to get it other than put your faith in what he did.
1: And a little bit more about your podcast. Do you have any future episodes that you guys are working on that you're ready to for us to hear? Anything we should be watching for? We are working
2: on right now, we're going through a series of just starting it on the seven I am's of the book of John. These are the seven statements that Jesus used about himself, such as I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, the life. And we're going to break each one down just to help, uh, I hope, Unveil Jesus Christ more through His own words, yeah.
3: and and the thing is, we don't we don't get too far ahead. I feel like most of our podcasts have come out of our ind- individual relationships with God yeah. as we have our own quiet time devotionals in the morning. And the thing is, we're not just talking to each other on the podcast. We just burn up signal and texting. Like literally we'll have 200 texts going back and forth, just discussing the things that God is showing us in scripture. And so the podcast really kind of reflects what's going on in our our walks with God. Very much so.
1: Very personal. Before we end here, I want to ask you, Mark, Please tell us one or two of these myths that you're talking about, because when okay. you said that, that really intrigued me. And I think our audience sure. would really appreciate that. And well, before you say, this is a podcast you guys have, right?
3: It was about a seven, eight part series oh, of wow. myths. And I'm still adding to them because I hear them all the time where I hear, wait a minute, something's wrong there. That's not right. Then I'll get into scripture and prove it. Uh, let me, well, there's eight. some of my favorites though, I already mentioned one that grace is a license to sin. That's one of the, the top attacks of mixture Christians that work in the law, that if you rely completely on grace, which by the way, means you're relying completely on the Holy Spirit. That that's going to lead to sin. It's going to give you permission to sin, which is just the opposite. Mm-hmm. It's putting yourself under the law puts you under the dominion of sin and actually arouses sin in us because of our rebellious nature. But when you come in the Spirit, now you're taken out from that, and it's the it's the Holy Spirit living in you and exhibiting His fruits. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, one of one of the others I like too is a lot of the legalistic preachers when they want to. And the thing is, people that are under grace, we try not to attack, okay? Mm-hmm. Everything we do, we're trying to bring people into the freedom, the glorious freedom of the children God, of God in the gospel of grace. Uh, but they, they bring attacks, and one of their attacks is that by not yelling at people about their sin, we're removing the offense of the cross. That appears once in Scripture and they're taking it. I have something I call the 180-degree factor. When people get things wrong in Scripture, it's usually 180 degrees opposite because they're, 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 they're misinterpreting, Let's, or as Scripture says, they're, they're not dividing correctly between Old Covenant and New Covenant. So, when you mix law in, that's just naturally going to be opposite of a focus on Christ, okay? That's about us. Um, so, the offense thing is, Paul said that if he were to preach the law, he would remove the offense, because the offense of the cross is grace, okay? The cross is not meant to offend unbelievers. You said it before. Who did he go to? Who flocked to him? It was the unbelievers, the sinners, as 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 the Judea. Judaizers and people into Judaism called them. Who were the people that were offended? It was the religious people trying to live by rules. So Paul is saying that the offense is not of the cross is not to unbelievers, but it's the grace displayed in the cross offends people that are legalistic and yet people have taken that scripture which Paul was being adamant about and taught the opposite that the cross is meant to un- to offend the unbeliever and that we're supposed to preach sin against them to offend them does that sound right to you even apart from the scripture that doesn't sound right you know <laughs> well real the-
2: quick Real quick, I won't go as far as Mark has. Uh, there's a couple of others that come to mind. Like we debunked, God helps those who help themselves. Communion is a time for reflection on your sin. Um, yeah, I mean, and then of course we, I think sanctification isn't something that uh, we can earn. So those are the kind of topics that we would cover in that series. And I would ask, I would say this: if you want a single episode where you can, tr- you know, kind of get A condensed version of what we're teaching over everything, I would say uh, episode 27, which is titled The One True Gospel, might be the best place to start to decide if you want to. It's, you know, typical session for us, uh, but with uh, a really, I think, wraps up kind of everything that we're talking about in a very small package. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah.
3: And our, our most recent that's going to drop tomorrow, episode 39, is called Unveiling Jesus, which really is what the podcast is. Mm-hmm. True. True. And
1: please, tell our audience, where can we find this podcast?
2: Uh, the best place to find it is probably at www.podpage.com forward slash the dash unveiling that is uh the home of all of our episodes at this point however we can't we are out there and can be found on almost all major pod uh podcast applications and directories sometimes takes a little digging Mm
1: -hmm. yeah well guys thank you so much for all the things that you shared today i need to go back and listen to some more episodes of your podcast i'm going to listen to the what time does the one tomorrow drop Tell me. Uh, 4 a.m. Central Time in the U.S. Oh, perfect. On the way to church, we're listening to it. <laughs> My family <laughs> okay. is going to get fed tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for Thank all the you, you shared today. And if it's you an could pleasure. leave our audience with one overall point, what do you think that would be? God loves th- it.
2: Yeah, you can take it. That was, I'm, I got it in three words. God bless you. Go ahead, Mark.
1: I would just like to
3: end with a little illustration that's one of my favorite. Think about an apple tree. How does an apple tree produce fruit? Does he go into a big building with thousands of other apple trees every Sunday where they teach them how to grow fruit? Is he in a smaller group of maybe nine apple trees where they discuss strategies and hold each other accountable To to produce fruit. Not that those things are bad things, but what does an apple tree do? An apple tree sinks its roots deep into the good soil. It drinks in the living water, turns its leaves to the sun, and receives everything it needs, and effortlessly fruit grows out of them, out of the apple tree. And that's how we are. It's the spirit in us, Not, not like in some spiritual flowery way. But literally, it's Jesus in us producing fruit. It's his
1: fruit, not our fruit. We just sink our roots into him. Wow. I've never heard that before. I I really like that. That's incredible. Good. Good. Well, again, we've
2: got more examples of that on the program. So
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'll have to check it out. Tim, Mark, thank you so much for your time today. If I can have one of you end our time together with a prayer, I would really appreciate that. Mark. You got it, Tim. I've been
2: talking too much. <laughs> <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you for this time to be able to share our heart and passion, which is you, Lord. We pray that the people who hear it, who are led by this, uh, will be fed by this. And we thank you, Father, for the ministry that Dallas and his family are doing in brazil i believe you said and we thank you father for the for the fact that your workers are still going out into the fields and we pray that you will continue to bless him and his family through your son jesus christ and the holy spirit that lives in him as he continues to move day to day in the name of jesus amen amen
0: you've just listened to the faith and family fellowship podcast